<laughs> Hello, everybody. Cal Banyan here. Cal Banyan's Hypnosis, etc. And I'm thrilled to be back with Dr. Gregory Brown. He's a psychiatrist. He's a professor. He's a scientist. And he's a five-path certified, board-certified hypnosis professional. And if you didn't see my previous video with him, you definitely want to see that because he's got some really important insights. And he also talks about some amazing things that have been going on with five-path, seven-path self-hypnosis and the secret language of feelings in his uh, very, very uh, professional hypnosis practice, not hypnosis, psychiatry practice. All right, let's see. And he's happy enough to stick here for a little bit, so I'm going to get a couple more videos out of him if I can. And so the other day, I've been talking to him, and he, he says, you know, we really need to do some research on this seventh path thing. And so I'm going to kind of give us the, uh, he said we can call him Greg. Greg, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what got you interested in, in doing the research and kind of the steps where you're at and where you want to go and stuff like that? Um, so because Seventh Path had been uh, really powerful for myself and really powerful for the patients who had been coming in, I thought that it would be really useful to try to get a database that we actually did some measures pre and post and to see how people change and and to actually measure that. And since I do have the School of Medicine semi at my disposal on the on the other side of this, I spoke with um, the uh, one of the research directors at the school because I, I thought, well, we have two interests that are coming together here right now. One is I have the interest in seventh path self-hypnosis. The School of Medicine uh, really has an interest in focusing upon student burnout. Uh -huh. And um, not only in medicine, I think it, that would be across the health professions, but we've seen massive increases in burnout rates at really early levels of training, especially since the whole COVID thing came along and put additional stresses on trainees at all levels. And so, um, you know, talk to people, talk to more people, talk to more people. And um, the we are interested in actually getting a cohort of incoming medical students and perhaps nursing students as well uh, and other health professional schools within the entire UNLV system, perhaps even outside of that system once we develop the protocol, but to you to actually get a group of students who will um, go through the full seventh path training um, and um, have some pre-assessments related to anxiety, depression, burnout, and stress, mm -hmm. then get them through the steps and then do follow-up surveys with them at completion, six months, a year, two years, potentially up to four years, because that's how long medical school will be, mm -hmm. and then compare those scores with the scores of people who were not doing that practice mm -hmm. to see if we're able to stave off um, a burnout rates for students and to give them a way of uh, progressively internally coping throughout the time. Now, we do have some data, and it's it's used a lot, that um, mindfulness-type meditation practices reduce burnout rates for professionals. And so we will act, we actually have something with which we could actually compare as well. But um, I think starting to get some research protocols in play that look at pre and post 
in comparison with other students who aren't part of it as a control group would be a really amazing piece of data to put Seventh Path potentially right up there with mindfulness in terms of the literature in how we can actually help students and professionals later in life uh, reduce burnout rates and be able to remain effective and enthused about their work and enthused about what they're doing. You know, the, because I, I, I suppose you'd have to be in the medical profession to understand the stress that's involved in the training and uh, internships and oh. then actually then starting a practice and all that. And it's just a lot of pressure. It is. It's tons of pressure. And I mean, in psychiatry, we we have a little bit lighter hours than maybe surgeons do. But if you think that you know, a surgery resident can go in and, and work literally 24 hours, um, having perhaps a break to eat something and go to the bathroom, but probably not to sleep. Um, they have limited the total number of hours of down to that. It used to be they could be in the hospital for two or three days without a break. Um, at least we've made the rules a little bit kinder. But even so, um, repeated calls with trauma patients coming in and having to do emergency uh, life-saving procedures really wears on, on people over the course of time. You know, it last, in our last video, we were talking about this one patient that was just um, very triggerable, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all have these things that bring up emotions from the past. And I talk about that as emotional resonance, right? Oh, yes. And so, you know, if you're a medical student and you have this professor that is treating you like dad did, dad didn't treat you so good, right? Then all that resonance, you know, not just transference, but just powerful emotional resonance can come and really be an impediment to moving forward, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Puts up huge barriers to learning if you have that kind of negative emotion to someone who's potentially grading you. <laughs> and so one of the things is like with talk therapy, it's, you know, you're trying to get insights and stuff and you're explaining things and having to keep track of things for each patient and all this. And with seven path, you just teach a technique. Exactly. Right? And then they come back and you say, okay, how do you know if you're doing seven path correctly? Make sure they're doing the technique. And if they've been doing it, then you give them the next recognition. Exactly. Now in your research. And I would just say, this is especially important for medical professionals. And uh, I've had a number of physicians come to me only to learn seventh path. Wow. Um, uh, to the practice because they kind of heard things, but the fact that they don't have to come in and reveal everything as a professional that they might not want to reveal. Now, they're probably more likely to since I'm a fellow physician, but even so, the fact that they can go home and do seventh path, clear stuff up without having to you know, put this out and you know, to actually share certain, certain things in front of, that is priceless. Yes. You know, I talk about it in class. I say, you know, the this this talking about oneself, especially weaknesses, problems, and stuff like that, right? Women are a little bit better at that. When women talk about their problem, this is my observation, mm -hmm. and it seems to be empowering for them. But men, because I say we're like, we're all mammals, and we share that link. And yeah. 
problematic <laughs> male mammals they don't get to replicate you know they don't get to be part of the herd they might even be killed by the other male we've got that thing that's why for until like google maps came along men were famous for never asking for directions because we you know we'll figure this out ourselves exactly and the interesting thing is you know statistically men are more likely to be successful at suicide on the first try than women that's and if correct. you put all that information together, you find out that basically there's a lot of men out there that rather blow their brains out than talk about their personal problems. Mm -hmm. You can say, okay, here's this technique you can use in the privacy of your own mind. If you don't want to, you don't have to talk to anyone about it. You And it's super simple. One, two, one, two. And you will just start feeling better. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. That has been the experience that I've had with the uh, physicians I described who who had come in for that, is they were feeling better in the first week with the first recognition. And as we got through the first five, they just continued to feel better as it went. Um, and uh, that was what they needed. Perfect. Now, getting back to the research a little bit, mm. would you take those people through all nine recognitions or five recognitions or... Would it be the short forms, full forms, or ultimate forms, or? Um, I think the quest. I think for sure we would do. Um, we would have weekly meetings for the first five, mm -hmm. and introduce just as we do in private practice. You would do one short, and then the next time have a discussion with the group to make sure they're doing it right. Then one full, two short in meeting number two, etc through five just like um, we do in class just like we do exactly. exactly and i think that's the best way to reinforce practice it's the best way to make sure people are doing it right and it's the best way to make sure they're doing the same thing because we want if we're doing research we want to make sure they're doing seventh path and not something else right. um the more open-ended question in my mind which we haven't decided yet is should we then do six through nine perhaps on a monthly basis to complete the set or, wh or whether we should stop at five, at least for the first study. And we haven't really, I haven't really decided that my research team hasn't really decided that um, that's going to be part of what we think about as we put the protocol together. It'd be interesting. They're like, just give them the first five, which is amazing. Right. And mm -hmm. then see how many want to opt into getting six, seven, eight, nine. That would be, uh, if we had a roughly equal group wanting to opt into six through nine, then that would make a perfect study module because you'd have about half and half. Right. Uh, but someone would have to want to do it. You, you couldn't just randomly assign it. So yeah, that makes, you know. You could do some tricky, you don't have to have half and half. You could get a good statistician in there and they can proportion it and weight it and stuff like that. If it was like 30% wanted to go on and whatever. Oh yeah, that would be fine. If, if two wanted to go on and you know eighteen didn't or twenty didn't, then right. the numbers aren't close enough. But you are correct. If you if you get a reasonable number, then you can go forward with that kind of analysis. Now, what was I going to ask? The oh, okay. So now, when people are learning Seven Path, they typically do it three times a day. But then, yeah. once they've kind of found their balance, they go into you know, this maintenance mode where they do it twice a day. Would you do something like that with them? That would be my anticipation, um, especially I think in the first two years of medical school, they have 
classes. So they have they would have the opportunity to do it three times a day. When they move into clinical rotations in the third year and things are just crazy, you're you're lucky to get the morning and the night. And yeah. so uh, a natural fallback to the two times per day would probably be necessary, at least on the medical side of the training. Awesome. Good, good, good. Uh, would this, I don't, I don't know if this would be something you could do. Or not. Would the secret language of feelings information be in there anywhere? Well, I... I would plan to give it out in the course of the training as well, because I would include that with, they're going to have the seventh path book. They should have the secret language of feelings as well in going through that process. So they have the complete set. They go together like that, right? Exactly. Exactly right. Cool. Anything else you want to share about that, about that or how it might affect things or once, once it's done, when we get the positive result, which I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, we are um, the the so study there from there, you know. Yeah. In other words, yeah, where from there, you know. I would say the studies currently the um, we're uh, in the midst right now of doing an introductory article, which will be a separate publication, which is a, a systematic literature review regarding the use of hypnosis in uh, burnout, anxiety, depression. And that article is then what we will um, use as a background article to start the randomized clinical trials. Mm -hmm. So that is moving forward right now. I don't anticipate any major problem getting that published because um, hypnosis articles are, are published, you know, in many different journals. And then um, the randomized clinical trial we hope will start um, this autumn. And um, then the first sort of data point would be probably several months after they have all five steps in terms of, you know, the, the second data point. Mm -hmm. So we would want to get an article out of that. That will, of course, take, you know, a few weeks to do the data analysis and then a month or so to write up it, write it up and then get it submitted to a journal. So we're looking at that general time frame, And then at regular intervals, we would be wanting to do additional follow-ups um, to uh, make sure that it's a lasting effect, people still doing it and then get another article out of each. So we will probably have a few years of uh, re continuing articles looking at each phase in this process over time. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you for you know bringing your open mind to, to the, the subject, being that person that had that experience as a child that opened your mind to hypnosis and then to bring your 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 professionalism and you know your expertise into this into this thing that we call five path and seven path is so much appreciated you are a valued member of our five path community and uh, i think we're going to do great things together <laughs>